Chapter 7 of The Mystery of the Chinese Ring by Andy Adams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7 A Spirited Box. The native boy raced across the open compound towards the group of low buildings where the servants slept. Jack and Biff ran side by side, ten feet behind the boy. What is it, Chuba? What is it? Jack called, but the boy didn't answer until he reached the door of one of the small white cabins. There he stopped, gasping for breath, and turned to Jack and Biff. His face was contorted with fear. His eyes were open wide and filled with terror. Now get hold of yourself, Chuba. Steady, we're right here. What's inside your cabin that's so frightening? Chuba's voice trembled as he spoke. The evil ones, they come. They come to punish Chuba and the father of Chuba. The evil ones, what are you talking about? Jack's voice was firm, but his tone was kind. He had to quiet this boy's fears. It has been spoken, Chuba said, his voice trembling. Many, many years ago, the gods spoke to the ancestors of my father. They said, and here the boy's voice almost broke, they said that evil will befall any member of the house of Chin Fu who leaves his land to become a slave of the white man. Biff watched the boy. He felt sympathy towards him, yet it was hard for Biff to believe that such superstitious beliefs could still cast their spell in these modern days. That's nonsense, Chuba. You and your father are not slaves. You are honourable workers. Without your help, we could not live here. You are well paid, and you hold positions of responsibility and dignity. Enough of this. Just what is inside your cabin? Chuba not know, but is bad, very bad. It is voices of the evil ones casting spell on Chuba and his honourable father. All right, come on and show us what it is. Please, Sahib Jack, you to go first. Okay, come on, Biff. Jack and Biff entered the one-room cabin. It was small but comfortably furnished. Beds stood against the walls on either side of the room. At the rear there was a small, compact kitchen. Biff and Jack inspected the room quickly. They saw nothing unusual. Chuba stood behind them, standing on tiptoes. There, he said, watch, and you shall hear evil spirits. He pointed to a small box on the floor by one of the beds. As they watched, a low growl came from the box. The growl grew louder. It became a wail. Then it turned into the high, piercing scream of a siren. It held this chilling, blood-curdling pitch for about ten seconds. Then the lid of the box slowly raised. A yellowish hand emerged. It bent over the front of the box. One finger touched a small button. The high scream dropped down to a wail, then to a growl then stopped. The hand withdrew into the box, the lid closed. All was silent again. Biff put a restraining hand on Chuba, keeping the boy from fleeing in terror. On Biff's face a slow grin was spreading. He wanted to laugh, but one glance at Chuba's stricken face stopped him. This was a serious thing to Chuba. Chuba would feel Biff was laughing at him, insulting him. Jack stared at the box in amazement. Now, just what on earth is that thing? He scratched his head. 
Biff started across the room towards the box. Hold it, Biff. We don't know what that gadget might be. Might be a bomb. Now Biff did laugh. Even Jack was concerned. Not terror-stricken like Chuba, but the weird performance of the box had undoubtedly alarmed Jack. Biff reached for the box, bent over and picked it up. Chuba cowed behind Jack, but the native boy's curiosity got the better of him. He watched Biff's every move, his eyes wide. It's only a toy, Jack, Biff said. My kid brother got one last Christmas. It was the newest thing out, caused a sensation. Let me take a look at it, Jack said, and Biff handed it to him. A great feeling of relief had come over Biff. When Chuba had come rushing in, crying out in a voice filled with fright, Biff had figured that another of the series of strange happenings had taken place. To discover that all the excitement was only about a toy relaxed Biff completely for the first time since he had arrived in the Orient. Jack inspected the toy somewhat gingerly. How does it work? Biff took the box back. Look, I'll show you. He raised the lid of the box, and as he did so, Chuba took a step back. He was taking no chances with evil spirits, even if the Americans did. Jack's and Biff's heads were together inspecting the box. This was too much for Chuba. He had to see too. He cautiously poked his head forward for a closer look. See this small siren? That's where the noises come from. The toy has two small batteries, like the ones used in a transistor radio. They power this small motor and it does the rest, raises the lid and makes this hand snake out. Biff looked at Chuba and smiled. A shy, friendly grin lit up the native boy's face. Want to see it work with the lid open? Chuba nodded his head rapidly. Biff set the toy in motion. The siren reached its high pitch. The hand, attached to the end of a small iron rod, snaked out, flopped over the front side of the box, and touched the cut-off button. That's all there is to it. Some gadget, isn't it? Jack laughed. I can see how it must have been the toy sensation of last Christmas. I can also see why it scared the daylights out of Chuba. It would scare me, too, if it woke me up from a sound sleep. That's what happened, Sahib Jack. I sleep deep. The thing started screaming. Chuba jumped, run fast, plenty scared for help. I suppose once it's turned on, it keeps operating until the batteries run out. That's right, Biff said. The action is set so it goes off once about every three minutes. You turn it off here. Biff pointed to a switch on the bottom of the box. But how it get into my father's house this morning, Chuba demanded. I can answer that one. Jack's shoulders started shaking with laughter. Biff started laughing too, partly from relief and partly because when Jack laughed, everyone joined in. Chuba, his eyes darting from Jack to Biff, decided his worries had passed. He giggled shyly at first, then added his laugh to the chorus. The little white cabin shook with their hilarity. The evil one, Chuba, Jack said, is a certain red-headed maintenance mechanic called Muscles. Muscles? Him play another joke on Chuba. He much cool fellow. Him way in. What's this, Biff thought? Jive talk from a native boy? This kid's all right. You mean this Muscles is real cool? He's way out, don't you, Chuba? Biff asked. That's what Chuba say. 
He here, man, here. Biff slapped his thighs and doubled up again with glee. Chuba's mixed-up talk was so far gone, it had come back to here. How old are you, Chuba? Jack asked. Chuba drew himself fully erect. He puffed out his chest. Chuba soon be sixteen. Aren't you about the same, Biff? Biff nodded his head. Chuba shake hands with Biff Brewster, Biff Sahib Charlie's nephew. The boy shook hands. There was no doubt but that they took to one another right off. Chuba, you show Biff around. I've got to get back and see if Mike's been able to. I get it, Jack, Biff said. The two boys watched Jack stride back to headquarters house. Come, Sahib Biff, I show you many things. Biff didn't reply at once. A plan was beginning to shape up in his head. It would work, too, with the help of Chuba. Okay, Chuba, but first off, cut out that sahib stuff. To you, I'm just plain Biff. End of chapter 7